Hey, this is Kim, and you're listening to Wheel Access Talk. Um, in light of the hurricane that's literally hitting the north of Florida right now, I want to talk about disability and hurricanes. Or, you know, I mean any natural disaster threat. Um, so... The thing is, you know, if you live in an area where natural disasters happen, which can honestly be anywhere, because you have tornadoes, earthquakes, avalanches, hurricanes, um, typhoons, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. It's all I can think of right now. But, um... The other thing you also find everywhere is someone with a disability. We're everywhere. You know, it's not... You don't just find them in certain areas. They're honestly everywhere. You just don't always see them. Because of access issues. But, um... During a storm where you need to evacuate... Like, I'm gonna go with the hurricane thing because... It's something I'm familiar with because I live in Florida, so I'm familiar with the risk of everything to do with running away from a storm and being a wheelchair user. So the thing that scares me the most is being stuck somewhere in a mandatory evacuation zone and not having any way to leave and there's a massive hurricane coming your way. It actually happened to me. During Hurricane Irma, I was living literally right across the street from the ocean. There was only a Marriott in my way between me and the ocean. So, Hurricane Irma was threatening They didn't know, this was 2017, they didn't know if it was going to go up the east coast of Florida, the west coast of Florida, right up the middle. And I had neighbors from Wisconsin that were new to Florida, so they were freaking out because, hey, there's a hurricane, and they definitely never experienced one. And they were trying to make sure I was okay. Didn't have a car. Didn't even have a driver's license at the moment, which was a whole nother story because the state of Florida and their stupid discriminatory law um, I mean I have a license now I got it back but at this moment I did not even have a license for me to rent a vehicle for me to evacuate from a mandatory evacuation zone so I was freaking out I tried to get a train to go back to where my family was Um, but they wouldn't take my dogs because it was 27 hour train ride so they wouldn't let me take my dogs so I clearly just didn't do that I was freaking out I was calling people somebody offered to come get me and get me off of the island and take me to central Florida And then from there, my plan was my father figure, who was 
was going to rent a van and come down from North Carolina to pick me up in Florida and take me to Virginia. Uh, yeah, he did that. I probably should have just stayed in Florida, but I was freaked out, you know, so I evacuated to Virginia. Um, I ended up staying there for a week because we lost power for an entire week. Then my mom rented a van and drove me back to Florida and had to buy a bunch of food and clean out the freezer. I didn't leave a lot in there, but you know, all of these things I had to do after the hurricane, you know, and during, before, whatever. Um, but where I stayed during the hurricane was not an accessible house. There were stairs like everywhere. So it was complicated for me to do anything. And if I went to the kitchen, and had to go to the bathroom. I had to go either upstairs or downstairs. So luckily I can still walk some, but stairs take a toll on my body and it caused a lot of problems. Um, but still, the just that fear that was caused by feeling stuck in a mandatory evacuation zone when in what was it, Category 4 hurricane was coming our way? Um, that was absolutely terrifying. And I was also in the middle of grad school at the time. So that didn't help matters. Because grad school is stressful. And then a hurricane is obviously stressful. Um. And you know, the only... The only option in the county that I live in... For evacuation is our paratransit so you can sign up and the paratransit will take you to a shelter but you can't take your dogs unless you have them in a crate well my dogs don't do crates and they're not they they are emotional support dogs like I literally have a letter from my therapist saying they are but they um they are older they don't like a lot of people because they're rescues so and death so that adds a whole nother layer to it and they're super like my bigger dog is super protective of me so a shelter would not be ideal and plus even if I could get them in a crate the thing that they do is put all the crates in like a gymnasium or something you know like if the shelter's in a school so I can't even and then I lay on a cot which is not gonna work for me I can't lay on a cot so I, that option was out for me because I'm not leaving my dogs behind and I'm definitely not staying in a mandatory evacuation zone so it's like what do you do at that point 
If you have no mode of transportation to get somewhere safely, you don't have any family nearby that you can just go to their house. You don't have money to go as far as I went. It was just luck that I had that money right then um, that I could have put towards a vehicle because it's kind of what I wanted to do. Which I did end up getting a vehicle after that. And that's a whole nother story because that vehicle, I got sold a lemon. So that was a whole nother story. Um, but it, it's like, you know, what do you, what do you do in that situation when you're stuck? And then another thing, um, my, my boyfriend has like radios and stuff and he was listening to, I guess it's called Sarnet. And they were talking about some lady, like, I guess a family member in Pennsylvania was trying to get a hold of this, like, 70-some-year-old lady who is visually impaired and living in Fort Myers, which, direct path, okay? Direct path of the hurricane. And, you know, she was by herself. She may have even been the one that I saw that posted on Facebook not too long before that saying she was, you know, 70-something years old and by herself in Fort Myers. It was probably her. But... You know, when you can't get a hold of someone on their cell phone and there's a freaking hurricane, first of all, there's, you know, probably a really good chance. I don't want to give a percentage, but there's probably a really good chance that she's fine, but the cell towers are out. So you can't get a hold of her. You know, in that, in that, little chance that something happened to her. What is the Red Cross or Salvation Army going to do in a disaster during the hurricane? They're not going to go out there and do a welfare check during the hurricane. They will do it after the hurricane when it's safe. But they're not going to put their people in danger to do a welfare check because that's not logical. I know that freaking out because you can't get a hold of someone during a hurricane um, is very stressful, but you have to consider the facts. If there's a hurricane, you may not have cell, t- cell service, so you kind of just have to suffer until you can get someone to do a welfare check on that person. And that's honestly the best you can do. You can't really hope for much else because nobody's going to go out in the middle of a dangerous storm to do a welfare check. I mean, that island that I lived on, the other thing that made it even worse was uh, when the winds get to a certain speed, they can't be on the island anymore. So they have to leave before the winds get too quick. All emergency personnel leave the island. So you're on this, you know, small island, you know, that just across the bridge is the mainland. It's really close. It's not like living in Key West where the mainland is really far away, like ours. Um, And you have to go across a bunch of bridges and a bunch of other islands. 
So it's not like that. Um, but the thing is, even when it's safe to be out and do a welfare check, what if emergency personnel is on the other side of that bridge and the wind is still, still too powerful for them to go across the bridge to do a welfare check? Then that takes longer. And what if you're, like, bleeding? What if you, like, fell down or, God forbid, you didn't have hurricane-proof glass or something? And, you know, debris came through your window or your door, you know, and you got hurt. You know, even if you could get through to 911, they can't get to you. These are all terrifying things that have obviously gone through my head because that's why mandatory evacuation, I'm out. I evacuated during Matthew, but I had a car then. And I went to, my friend had a friend a little further inland and we went and stayed at his house. Well, he lost power. The island was fine. He lost power. In the middle of the night, it was hot. It was kind of terrifying because I'd never been through a hurricane. Hurricane Matthew was my first real hurricane. And I think that was like a category three, two, three, I can't remember. Um, it was like 2015, 2016 when that one came through. It had to be 2016. I don't know. It could have been 2015. Regardless, it came through. I was staying in a, you know, house that wasn't mine with my dogs on a bed that wasn't as comfortable for me and I'm hearing the wind outside I'm seeing the shadow of a small palm tree outside the window blowing around and the rain and it's terrifying but I mean you know back to the whole like how how do you get somewhere safe when you know a storm is coming and you need to evacuate and you have no way to evacuate because you have dogs you know because if you didn't have pets fine they have to take a service dog um, to the shelter But, like, if you're wheelchair-bound and can't get in, like, a regular car, so, you know, Uber isn't an option, what do you do? There are so many things wrong in society because it's so inaccessible to those who are, you know, differently abled. I don't know. I don't know what term is right there. Just have more mobility loss. Um, You know, it's one of those challenging things. Like, what do you do? I don't know what you do in that situation. I guess you just shelter in place and hope for the best. But that sounds absolutely terrifying. Because like I said, I I left the state of Florida for Hurricane Irma, and I could have stayed in Central Florida, and they said they were totally fine. So, 
that's what I could have done. But I didn't because I was so terrified. Um, you know, so it's... I don't know how to solve that problem. Maybe more access to special needs shelters that will accept people who actually just have dogs as pets. Because, first of all, service dogs are very, very expensive to get. Because the training is really expensive. And sure, I think some of them you can get like scholarships or something, but a lot of times you have to pay for it. Where do you get that money? Who has that kind of money? It's thousands of dollars to train a dog to, you know, turn on a light switch for you or open a door or, you know, grab stuff off the floor or whatever. Like, I actually looked into a service monkey, but apparently they don't do those anymore because capuchin monkeys are mean and can, like, murder you or something. I don't know. Because, I mean, I also need something to reach up high and I don't have the skills with those grabbers to get like a bowl or a plate or a ceramic mug or something. I don't have those skills. Um, you know, there's just so many barriers in society and you would think with the technology that we have now, there would be a lot more accessibility. But they, they don't really care about people with accessibility issues. What they care about is money, 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 money. And what can you do for me? How can you make me more money? You know, can you work? Oh, well, we can't help you. Oh, you could work if, if we spend money on you so you can, so we can accommodate you to work? Nah. Just get, just collect social security. You'll be fine. Do you know how much social security is? It's not enough to afford an apartment on your own. Not. It's a very sad amount of money. Unless you live in a remote area that has no access to public transportation, which I, I pretty much did that for two years. And that is when I had to get rid of my vehicle. So I went like a full year there without access to transportation. So that was great. Um, not even a full year. Wait, no, more than a full year. Let's see. Nope, guess it was a year. Because I got rid of it in December 2018. And I moved out of Tennessee and back to Florida in December of 2019. So, yeah, mm -hmm. full year without access to transportation. Like, once in a while, the public transit system there would work out for me, but very rarely. Because I was in an area that was considered not rural enough to have access to the public transportation things like, I don't know, employment. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a whole different topic. I know I got off topic because talking about hurricanes, natural disasters, and, you know, special needs. So, 
I don't know. Do you guys have ideas? I would love to get feedback on this and see if anyone has any like great ideas on how we can make evacuations more accessible to those who, you know, can't just hop in an Uber and evacuate. Because accessible Ubers are not very common. Uh, the only place I've ever found one is in Philadelphia. And those roads are terrifying, and it's a humongous, big white van. So, no, thank you. Um, yeah. So, I would, I would love some feedback on that. If anyone has any thoughts on how to make evacuation more accessible to those with disabilities. I'm going to let you go for now. And I look forward to hearing your guys' ideas. Thank you. Till next time.